Hello friends, after a quite a number of weeks hiatus, the GMS Magazine RPG Room Podcast is back. Better? Not longer, because I think it's going to be about the same length of time, but definitely better, better and stronger, much, much stronger, even though we don't have the strongest of the threesome that normally is here but it's it, that's fine we are still um we're still gonna be better and and uh somehow i'm stronger somehow maybe a little bit longer but not not a lot anyway welcome back welcome i am paco garcia your host and as you may know this podcast is all about role-playing games and what's going on in the rpg world because we can and obviously i'm not gonna be alone because that would be an incredibly boring uh, kind of podcast, just me ranting, blah, 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 about things. So I am with someone else. Hello. It, it's going to be boring because there's two of us ranting about nonsense, Paco. This well, is Joe. Well, it's, it's going to be slightly boring, not because it's the two of us <laughs> ranting, but because Liz is not here and right. she's usually the ones with the brains. So um, let's face She it. does bring a little bit of uh, uh, maybe common sense or, you know, just a subtlety to all of this. That's because she's Scottish. <laughs> it's, the Scottish are subtle all of a sudden. Yeah, it's con, con, totally. I mean, you've never met a Scottish who is not subtle. They they are so so subtle and diplomatic that they make the rest of the Britons look like complete oafs. All right, I I know that they bring a little bit more um, common sense to the table than the English do because the English are so stiff upper lipped and traditional. I was, but not, well, I was, a lot of their traditions are just. I don't know, backwards, if I, if I can say that without yes, sounding yes, like you, a racist. You, no, no, you, you can. I, I, I can say it too. And actually, I was I was kind of joking. In, in fact, Scottish, the reason why I like them so, so bloody much is because they are quite bullshit. They say things to your face. They don't yeah. hold back. And they are generally very, very honest. Very honest people. So I, yeah. I really adore them for that. And they have the most gorgeous accent ever. Yeah. Yeah, that brogue. Oh, God, why can't I have that freaking accent? Assholes, why do you have it, Scottish? I want that your accent. Should I should I do today all in one in an accent? Should I, just to make you feel Okay. Should I throw it do a Scottish brogue like that? Okay. That's uh... the best I can do. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like doing accents when I game, um, just to show off NPCs so people know which NPC they're talking to. You know, but, I, um... I can make accents now that I live in Spain because when I was uh, living in the UK and I tried to make an accent, I always ended up sounding like a Pakistani. I don't know why. Oh, I don't know if you remember this. The second time we ever talked, I tried to place your accent because it sounded, because you have a little bit of Moorish accent, a little bit of Spanish accent, and a little bit of of English accent going on with your your stew. I think the English is going away, though, now that you're back in Spain. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think I will definitely try to bring you back. So Please don't. That was awful. <laughs> that was awful. That sounded like our poor go- listeners. Our yeah. poor listener. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry, Gareth. Uh, I do apologize for that. <laughs> it's really terrible that I know my listener by name. Is it? Are you talking about Hanrahan or Hodges? No, Han- Hanrahan is... Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, where is it? oh, I, remember, I can't remember his surname. Give me a second. I, I will find out. Uh, it is... Uh, come on. Gareth H. Graham from South Africa. Hello, Gareth. Oh, oh hi, Gareth. Hi. I didn't know we had a. I didn't know we even had 
a listener outside of your country. We we yeah we do, and uh, he's writing uh, he's writing an RPG. But I think okay. everybody's writing an RPG. I was writing an RPG once. <laughs> and he's actually, you know, he's the one who bought your protocol games. Remember you mentioned, oh, somebody's bought five of my protocols, only one. That, yeah. That was him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. He paid for my coffee. Yes. After after drive through takes their commission. I don't drink coffee, so. No, I but you could. Paid for my soda. Oh, well, that's even worse. Now you're, you're feeding the corporation. I don't like, oh, thank hilarious. you Gareth you're making Coca-Cola stronger now thank you yeah. I blame him <laughs> anyway certainly, it's certainly not my decision <laughs> it's all on him if I didn't have that money I couldn't make that decision so I blame the people that made money you know we, we could be a double like you and I <laughs> I know we could be a half an act well, well yeah pretty much we, we need Liz to be a double act because um, she's worth <laughs> twice as much as we are <laughs> <sighs> anyway, today we, we let's let's talk something RPG. Um, other than y- y- our only listener and your only client writing an RPG, um, l- let's talk about uh, something you mentioned just a few minutes ago and um, how if I'm going to say role playing games actually do bring the community together, or if they are very divisive. I know uh, you wanted to to have a positive um, conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how we get to a positive on on this exactly, but we're going to try. Um, there's just been so much so much anger lately. I don't really want to. I don't want to talk about anything angry today. And okay. I was ready to rant. You know, I was ready to rant. We always you uh, and I are always ready to rant. That, that, <laughs> that's why in another dimension we are married. Yes. Yes. So, it's not that I don't find you attractive. I just don't find you attractive. I know you do. I know that you do. That's fine. And I don't know if I find you attractive because the only two photographs I've seen of you, you look like a bloody murder hobo. So I'm, Yeah, no, I don't absolutely. Really know what that's you what look I look like. like. Yeah, that's why I don't put my picture online. I'm not a pretty guy. Well, I know that, but you could still be at an old, sweet, tender, charismatic, oh. romantic, all those things that make men attractive. So I'm just going to segue right out of there. Um, I think that 2000 was the last time the gaming industry got along. Um, and I, a third edition did that, right? Yeah. Third edition. All of a sudden, we loved role-playing games again. It was mechanically, it was 10 years behind the curve, but nobody cared because it was D&D again, and it was finally written well, it was edited well, things made sense, there was a spirit to the rules, there was this logic to it, and I, I think that lasted maybe two years before third parties ruined it. Ouch. Um, true, and I think that was the third time it happened. I think when D&D came out, uh, especially when AD&D came out, it's, it's when the, the first time the RPG really brought people together. Uh, and it's quite interesting because there wasn't a, or at least in Spain, okay, I'm not going to say anywhere else on the planet, but at least in Spain, there wasn't really a divide because you were allowed to like D&D and mm-hmm. you were allowed to like Warhammer. You were allowed to like um, Call of Cthulhu or Lord of the Rings and nobody would uh, to try to put you down or to, to disable you just because you like a game that they weren't into. We just right. got along. Then came Vampire, the Masquerade, and that completely rattled um, the, the RPG world and, again, brought together a huge amount of people. 
And then came um, a third edition D&D, and that didn't last long, and it hasn't happened since again. If anything, we, we have seen a massive um, disintegration of what once was a very vibrant and very cohesive community. Why? Why is it not cohesive? Hmm. I think a number of factors could, I mean, people are working more now, at least in America, we have to work more to make enough money to, to get by. Um, I, I think groups are together mostly because they socialize together and there's always that one or two people at the table that can't handle anything more complicated than a game where you smash things. Um, or they don't want to. I shouldn't say they can't. They probably just don't want to. I've gamed with guys where everybody at the table wanted to play a storytelling game except the one guy who just wanted to blow stuff up. So they couldn't play a storytelling game because of that one guy who wanted to blow stuff up. And I think that I think that people that don't want to come get out of their comfort zone stop stop tables from being able to explore more things mm -hmm. and as you get older you want to try different things as games with games or you only want to play what's comfortable and that divide happens let's say at the age of 28 age of 30 and we have probably more people older in the hobby right now than we do younger but the younger crowd is growing and that younger crowd is growing into things that aren't role-playing games they're growing into things that are D&D board game like or they're you know um, I, I'm I'm running out of ideas exactly what the kids are getting into I know they play that werewolf ultimate werewolf game you know all night at the conventions where they all have a role you know which one I'm talking about it might be different yeah. in Spain no no I do I do know which one you're talking about uh, it's a fantastic game it was really really good yeah. fun really good fun but you know I'm, I'm going to go a little bit deeper than that and I am going to blame uh, squarely blame the thing that's been the best thing that could possibly happen to RPGs and possibly also the worst thing that could happen to RPGs, um, internet and uh, social media. Okay. I think that, uh, especially the internet, to be able to provide a, a common ground where, where people don't see each other and they don't have to be nice to each other because it's right. safe to be unpleasant to other people. I think that is what's um, precipitated a massive, massive amount of divide um, that before couldn't possibly be there because you had to talk to people face to face and you wouldn't be able to reach the same number of people even if you had a fanzine or a magazine, you weren't able. But since forums came around, you've had people being able to just be nasty just because you like Dragonlance and how yeah. could you or just because you don't like cult how could you not and people have been very unpleasant about that sort of thing and today you go to any forum and any forum is a cesspit it's a complete and utter cesspit it's, it's I, they're all full of I, shit I think I I think I've said this more than once I think RPG net is the worst thing on the internet and I've been to you know, 4chan. So I, I cannot stand the people that run RPG net. I cannot stand the kind of discussions that go on there. Um, I, I agree with you. I agree 100% that, but you have, you have an opportunity for these communities to exist, right? Story hyphen games.com. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever been there. Nope. Used to be a great place to go maybe 10 years ago when the story game movement was first starting. 
Um, I never felt comfortable there, but at the very least, I knew I could go there and get intelligent banter from people on why they like games or why they didn't like games. And now it's just like any other site where everybody's looking for an excuse to get upset or everybody's looking for an excuse to upset someone. It's and every forum is like that, right? I think that that people are addicted to the idea of being having their feelings hurt, and other people are addicted to the process of hurting feelings. Yeah, but I, I'm, but the thing is, it's exactly the same in pretty much any forum. If you go to Ian World, it's exactly the same. It's it's just absolutely horrific. Go to the board game geek, and it's absolutely horrific. Go to the RPG site, and it's just the seventh level of the abyss of shit. Uh, right. Go to Circus Maximus, and pl- no, actually, do not go to Circus Maximus. Don't don't bother with. That. Don't even bother right. going there. Everything's the same. However, go to a convention and there is next to nothing of that. Which is why I believe it is the safety net that anonymity provides uh, when you are online that right. creates this divide. Because otherwise, I mean, I, I don't know um, US conventions, but European conventions are just lovely, lovely to being. Right. No, I, I think that there's I'm, – I'm in the Pacific Northwest now. I, I used to love my local convention in L.A. So I think the people that attend conventions up here in the Pacific Northwest are generally good people. I think the organizers are idiots, and I want to see pretty much all of our conventions go away and replaced by something good. But I think the people that attend really do love to game, and if you come by a table – I'm always friendly with somebody when they walk by and they see us gaming something or whatever, at least to see if they're interested or if we can answer questions or whatever. And half the time you find people that you actually would get along with on a regular basis. And the other times are just people that don't like your kind of game. Mm. But nobody shows up to a convention with a bad attitude because you have to pay to get in the door, right? You have to you have to expend time. You have to get – you're away from home. For some people, this is their only vacation a year. I know at Gen Con, that's the way it feels. Yeah. That there are people and they're they're spending two three thousand dollars for the weekend for everything, and this is their vacation for the year is coming and indulging in gaming, and yeah I think maybe so let's take social media out of the equation. What's the common denominator that brings us together then as gamers? What what is it that we love? Just the social element of it, the fact that we can be ourselves in an environment, or that we don't have to be ourselves in an environment. Well, yeah. I mean, I've always felt more comfortable at a game convention than I would at, say, a Starbucks. Um, you know, yes, I would almost um, agree with that because I would feel very comfortable at a cafe if nobody talks to me. <laughs> explain. That's hilarious to say, but go ahead and explain. Well, I, I am. I'm quite quite an introvert, and I don't like. Um, although I, I can do it very well. But I don't like when people, uh, for example, for example, try to chat me up in a train or sit down uh, beside me and, and try to talk to me. Sure. It, it's just something I find thoroughly uncomfortable. Uh, and I do it because I am a, believe it or not, uh, quite a polite and charming young man who don't like to say to people, can you please just you know, leave me alone? I, I don't know you. I don't right. want to know you. Fuck off. Um, that that's just not me at all. So I. Well, I I think we're both very similar in that regard. But go ahead. Yeah, but I, I don't like it. Um, yeah. Whereas at a convention, I sometimes feel uncomfortable because my interest in gaming is less about the gaming experience and more about the game themselves. If that makes sense. 
So I am not always prepared to talk about uh, what kind of um, dragon or demon or how I got out of this situation when I was trying to get rid of this hag with my 90 centimeters tall um, ranger halfling. I, I don't particularly like to talk about um, my games of, of Trail of Cthulhu and, and how my character went mental. You know, um, gaming for me is a fairly um, personal experience and I don't like to share it with uh, the, the, the past experiences. I don't like to share them with uh, unknowns. I but, uh, sorry. With unknowns, okay, with unknowns is fine. I think if you and I were sitting at a game convention we were talking about our best game, our best campaigns, yeah. you and I would have a blast telling each other about our best campaigns. Absolutely. I'll agree with you telling an unknown person. So there I was with my halfling and he just blown up the mine with his sack of dynamite yada 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 nobody wants to hear that unless they were there or they know who i am exactly so yeah. i don't mind for example talking about a rise of the room lords themselves as an adventure and locations and whatever but i wouldn't want to talk about my games but when i go and again i don't know if this is an european or American, or it's, it happens the same in the u.s but there is an awful lot of people who will tell you all about their games all about what happened during their games and I'm genuinely not interested. Okay. So let's let's take a step back because I think you, you just said something that triggered something for me. Back in the day, and I don't know how long you've been gaming. I, I assume a while. Yeah. Um, so I've been gaming since 81. And so back in the day, everybody knew the Demon Lords, uh, the Demon Web Pits. Everybody knew the Giants series. Everybody knew uh, the A1 through A4 series of Slave Pits. Everybody knew... Tomb of Horrors, everybody knew B2, Keep to the Borderlands. Everybody knew those adventures and everybody had been through those adventures. Whether you were still playing D&D or not, you had a collective language for to talk about those adventures. And you could talk about those with strangers. We are now in 2016 and there are 5,000 published adventures for D&D in some capacity or another. I don't think I'm exaggerating with that number. I think you're so probably short. What's that? I think you're probably getting – you're short. I think there are probably more adventures. Okay. Fair enough. But, you know, um, let's, let's, let's go for 5,000. So let's just say conservatively there's 5,000. That's 5,000 divided attention spans, right, mm -hmm. over the course of the hobby who – some of these people may just be playing Deadlands, right, or they may just be playing Traveler or they just may be playing Shadowrun or whatever. And I didn't make fun of Shadowrun that time, um, but you know that I wanted to. Uh, so you have you don't have a collective language to talk about these things now, um, and something something that came up recently on the internet was John Wick's post about Tomb of Horrors. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, that's now that was a conversation John and I had geez, twenty years ago about how much I hated Tomb of Horrors and how stupid I thought it was, and he brought it up out of the blue. I don't know why, but I thought it was interesting, and I'm I agreed with his article. Um, but it was amazing to see how many people didn't feel that way about Tumahars, people that had not analyzed what was going on in that adventure and they just liked being screwed with. Well, you say that, but also there were people who actually know very well what goes on and they loved it because uh, soon after, uh, Bruce Cordell, who is a guy uh, I am incredibly fond of and respect immensely, um, personally I think is one of the best adventure writers and designers out there on today, he loved it. And he had a great time, and he understood there is a different 
um, side to, to that adventure and, and the reasons why Gary Gygax wrote it. So, uh, you know, I know, yeah, I know why he wrote it, right? He was running a Monty Hall campaign and the players in his campaign had too much treasure and he had to take it away from them. He did that every single time. (laughs) He has three adventures that are like that, that were just to get rid of the player's treasure. Um, So that in and of itself is fine. I just think that there's so many bad ideas in there. Making adventures run around naked inside tunnels. Yes. For one, I you could have been first level in that thing. It did not matter what your level was, to be honest. If no. you didn't trigger a trap, it did not matter. True. So going um, back to our initial thing, so what what brings us together? What what uh, redeeming features does the RPG world have, or RPGs? What used to bring us together is that we wanted to just escape from reality, pretend we were somebody else, and go and kill monsters and take their treasure. Right? It was that simple. And I think overcomplicating that idea is what has started to divide us. And again, I'll come back to my original statement, which was third edition D and D brought us all back together again. It made gaming fun again. And I, you're right. The internet, the the proliferation of say the OSR movement oh, yeah. has made has made dungeon crawling look dumber than it should look because some of these people are so stuck in these old. Oh well, does the trap trigger this way to the left or does it trigger to the right? Because I've got a pin that'll do this with the Duma watch it, and then if I look at it from a different perspective. It, they're they're just so ingrained. Some people are just so ingrained in what it is that they're they're doing in their own little niche that those niches stop us from being able to share common parlance and talk about gaming again. But, maybe that's why Pandemic is such a big board game, right? Um, maybe. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare comparing an RPG with um, with a role play with with a board game. No, um, no, no. I wouldn't either. But I. I Pandemic doesn't require – it's not a niche, right? It doesn't require specialized language to talk about pandemic. And so role-playing games have lost that common language. I think what RPGs have lost, as well as part of that common language that is no longer there, I think what has lost is the tolerance to accept that you don't have to like everything and just because you don't like something doesn't mean that that's bad and you know my my problem for example with the osr movement which is why i am just not interested at all in it it's because it seems that unless you're prepared to play the osr way whatever the bloody hell that means you're wrong you're evil and and you're stupid and you're not playing well you you cannot win the role so to speak and i'm not interested in that I'm, yeah. I'm not interested in having anybody saying that unless you play with the true spirit of RPGs as they were designed in the first place, I am not playing it correctly or that any other game is a lesser game. That, that attitude is completely shit, complete and out of shitload. And I'm not interested in that. I, yeah. I think we're now traveling back to my previous point three podcasts ago about how the geek umbrella is so big now that it doesn't yes. mean anything because... Yeah. Somebody that plays OSR the way you're describing probably has poor ambassadors for that niche of the hobby that they're telling people that they're doing it wrong. Because I would never tell somebody they're doing it wrong. Absolutely. I, I, as much as I hate Shadowrun, if you're playing Shadowrun and having a good time with your friends, so be it. why the hell would I care? What You're not hurting anybody if you're in your basement rolling 75d6 
I, I think it's stupid, but it doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. Exactly. I will never indulge in that. Exactly, but people do it. And, and the other thing I think is dividing us is because um, we are no longer the outcast that we used to be. Right. Uh, and okay, this is a generalization, okay, but uh, in the 80s and in the early 90s, the geek who um, was without seeing sunlight for days on end, in a basement, rolling dice, being bullied, not having friends, that was very much a thing. We are no longer uh, that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We, we uh, no for the that. record, I was I was that guy in the 80s who did not tell anybody that I gamed, and I had two friends at school that I could talk to about it. You know, we, we are no longer that. We, yeah, we aren't. No, we have true. relationships. We we go out. We are very very normal people. As I said to some some stupid woman who was on my cafe, not long ago, who wanted to know, oh, so when do the fun geeks come? You know, who comes dressed up and who? When can I come and see them? Oh my god! Uh, and I had to say to her because she was a client, and I had to be very polite. Say, you know, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but geeks are very normal. Yeah. We are very very standard looking we are very normal people and we don't have that anymore we don't have that safety net that because we used to be similar we are going to understand each other so we we can rely we can trust that we will be understood that we will we will be welcomed i don't think we have that anymore and probably some of the proliferation of this, this division of no if you're doing this that way you're wrong and you're horrible and you're evil it's because it's calling to our insecurities that, oh shit, if this is not done the way I've always done it, maybe I was wrong. And, oh my God, I cannot possibly be wrong because then who am I going to have around me? I don't want to be wrong. I can't afford to be wrong. Right. Well, uh, now we come back to the internet. Confirmation bias, right? Absolutely. If, if you've been doing something one way, if you've, been, if you've convinced yourself that The Last Airbender is great anime, then somebody saying to you, no, not really, because the, really the greatest was... Robotech, and I don't have an opinion, by the way. I'm just using this as an example. Then immediately your hackles raise, and you you get defensive. And well, if if your last Enderbender isn't that great, then I've been doing it wrong. I've been watching anime wrong all along, and that's impossible. So I won't question any of my values, and I'll just remove myself from this conversation. And this happens in role playing games. Get back to role playing games. If you're in the OSR movement, or you're in some other movement. You don't want to have a conversation that may challenge, holy crap, you're right, Shadowrun is stupid. I really should be exploring more ideas of what role-playing games can be instead of playing the same game the same way for 15 years. And people don't – I don't think anybody wants that. I don't think that's a geek trait. I think that's a human trait. Yeah, and you know, it, it, that's the thing. That's fine. So be it. You don't want to explore another game. But then don't. You, you're having right. fun with Shadowrun for whatever unfathomable reason. Then fine. So so be it. I don't give a shit. I, I truly genuinely don't care. You're having fun. That's what I care about. And yet, I'm going back into a positive. When people at a convention or at a game store or anywhere, they sit around the table, completely unknown people. They have a good time. They yeah. get along. More often uh, yeah, than not. Yeah, again, I think if you're honoring the social contract, right, if you don't show up making racist jokes or, you know, condemning somebody just because they're different than you at the game table, yeah, everybody shows up with the absolute right attitude that they just want a game. 
I think people that go to conventions though are a cut above. Am I wrong? Um, I don't know because I don't know them all. Um, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how you could. That was a strange thing to say. I, 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 I'm not going to say they are a, a cut above because I know at least one, two, three, seven or eight absolute shithole assholes who go to conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and I know for a fact that they are complete assholes. So, no, not everybody who goes to a convention is. And to be honest, we hear enough shit going on at conventions. Uh, people being, especially sexist, more than racist. It's interesting that geeks are more prepared or readier or more able uh, to be um, tolerant of other races than they are to be tolerant of women. Um, right. I don't understand that. But that's fine. Uh, well, it's not fine, but you know what I mean. Um, so we, we hear that, but overall, uh, those those are the exceptions that kind of prove the rule, really. People get along around the table. Why? What, what's about games that actually allow and enable people to get along around the table? I, well, I, we're coming back to the, to the phrasing of similar language, right? If you sit down, if I know I'm sitting down for a D&D game at a convention, I know that it's just going to be about racing to get to the final fight as fast as possible. Yeah. And so if I'm sitting down for that event, I know my expectations are already measured and I can't complain that the, the DM didn't let my bard sing his solo in the bar that, cause the game's not about me. It's about all of us getting to that final fight. And so conventions have a, a specific expectation. I went into a board game tournament at a convention recently and I won the whole thing and I didn't, expect to win the whole thing but once i got into it and i saw how bad everybody was at this board game i started to realize holy crap i i have a chance here but if i'd gone into a, a D game session or a pathfinder pathfinder for example because i don't know the language of pathfinder and i don't play my character right and he starts screwing everything up I, that would be expected of me because i don't know the mechanics of pathfinder very well but if I started doing well at Pathfinder in this tournament or this session or whatever, I would be surprised and that would shift my expectations. And I think I got off my point and I apologize. Yeah, because I completely lost what you were trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was trying to say something about expectations and I, I'm i an idiot, so just uh, ignore me. No, I don't, I don't think you're an idiot, but I think you were distracted. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was distracted by Pathfinder. As soon as that word came out of my mouth, I stopped making yeah, sense. Yeah, you, you're not much of a fan of that game, are you? I I think I think the environment of Pathfinder is probably what bothers me more than the game of Pathfinder. I think Pathfinder for what it is was a genius idea and I called Eric the minute they announced they were going to do it. I said you're on the right path. I think you should do 3.75. That's genius. That was before they even named it. And but I think the environment has produced players who just want crunch and they don't want anything else. I think those those, those, those path adventure things they do. I don't even know what they're called. They're called paths. Path adventure, yeah. Path yeah adventure paths. Yeah. I think that they are geniusly written, mm-hmm. geniusly done art, and I think they're horrible to play. I and I, I think you can have all those three things. And I'm not being a dick. I think you get pulled by the news nose through those things, and there's no decisions to make. And so everybody's game experience with those things is pretty much the same. Oh, yeah, yeah. We went to this bar and then we got talk. We had to go talk to a dragon and then we had to go fight a mana core. Yeah, yeah, we went through the same thing you did. Uh, yes, you, you're absolutely right. Because I, I have played um, Rise of the Room Lords, which, as you say, is beautifully written. 
is a very lavishly illustrated. It's absolutely gorgeous. And yeah. it is actually, if for what it is, it's fun to play. You know, it, it is fun to play. Funnily enough, I believe it is very much an OSR kind of uh, adventure uh, because it's, it's a very railroady from A to B to C to D to E kind of adventure that unless you go through the steps that are given to you, you get absolutely nowhere right, uh, right. within the adventure, which is very, you know, 1980s. Uh, sort, sort of adventures. Um, but yes, everybody who's played will have had very similar experiences. They will all have right. gone um, to the Hackfish and try to beat the Hackfish um, challenge. And some of them will have been able to do it and some of them won't have been able to do it. And there was one person who actually ate the Hackfish um, <laughs> because that's how they play. And, and you look that's at them and funny. you say, right, okay. Well I and I think all of that I think when you publish an adventure like that when you publish product like that you continue to reinforce specific niche philosophies for that product line. Yeah. I think I think there's a difference between people that like vampire and people that like the entire world of darkness. Uh please elaborate. I love vampire and the people that I know that like vampire the same way I like vampire don't like the white wolf fan base i think the core book is all you need i think there's so many lavish and wonderful ideas inside the vampire role-playing game any edition of it that you should be able to run a fantastic year-long campaign with no problems whatsoever as soon as you start adding all of these crazy world of darkness ideas there's a health there there's a there's a hell there's a shadow realm there's um there's the abyss there's uh, all these different other levels to the spirit world. There's the umber. Um, there's so much nonsense. There's the hedge. There's so much nonsense inside the world of darkness that when you start adding it all up together, it doesn't make any sense anymore. And nothing you do or come up with story-wise can't be solved by somebody somewhere with some sort of magic word. And people that enjoy the the politics of vampire or people that enjoy – the um the the naturalism of werewolf or people that enjoy the wackiness of uh, changeling i think that they lose out on what makes those concepts so rich as soon as they start adding too much to it to the to the pile and so for me vampire is very much this game where i just want to play the politics of it the the, the clans at war or if i play dark ages i want to I still want to play the clans at war, but I also want to play dealing with humanities having a lot more power in that kind of environment because they, you can't go out at night. You can't go out. Uh, you can't go out during the day as a vampire, and you have to explain yourself how you even survive in this kind of society with all this superstition going on. Um, yeah, I, I would uh, definitely agree with that. You know, we, we've been at it for well over half an hour now. Uh, we yeah. still and we don't have an answer. We have absolutely no <laughs> answer whatsoever. I, I, I think people listening to us are going to think that games are absolutely shitty, horrible, and they divide people, yeah. which is not strictly true. But I think um, what we can draw from our conversation, at least for the two of us, I don't know if anybody else will have a, a different opinion or a different take on it, is that... There isn't any more a single or easy to define um, paradigm that uh, games provide 
to bring people together. Right. It just doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and we need to look at games in, in a different way of how, how are they cohesive? How do we have anything in common with other gamers like we used to have? Are we, are we the same society? Are we the same community? Are we the same geeks? I, I, I don't know why people feel the need to be right so much. And maybe this is just youth. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think that I've changed a lot since I was a teenager and since, since I was in my 20s. Um, I don't care about being right so much anymore. I want to examine things through a lot of lenses. And I, the idea that somebody's game is better than somebody else's game or somebody else's experience is better than somebody else's experience, that feels like a need to be right more than a need to be absolute. There's no objective truth in gaming. And there is objective truths in the rest of the world. And I don't know why that is. And I think it, a lot of it has to do with maybe... I don't know. I don't want to say immature emotions, mm -hmm. but there's probably some truth to it. So just saying immature emotions. Let's just call a spade a spade for now until we have a better example. But gaming seems to attract people that have, you know, th that haven't developed emotionally as well as they should have by now. Uh, yeah, I am almost about to go with that, even though, I mean, I, I am very blessed to have many friends who are into gaming. Right. And uh, that's... I, I know a lot of people who are very, very well developed from that point of view, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that once you begin to look at the wider picture, that uh, level of common sense that we have around, uh, they just get, it gets lost. Um, um maybe there is, is something to do with the scale of it. Um, you know, with um, what? With the scale of the whole thing. For example. Oh. Um, I have friends both in social media and around me who are socially very mature, emotionally quite confident, uh, and uh, I would dare say well-developed. And yet, when we begin to look at a larger scale, the larger picture, more people, that image kind of dilutes. And we all end up looking like assholes. Uh, it's the same as if you look at a country level. You know, I, I have um, British friends, quite, quite a lot of them, and they are lovely uh, and wonderful people. And yet when you look at the whole country of the UK, you begin to see, you know, uh, we were talking earlier, these backward things that they do and um, them not being very forthcoming or being to stack up their asses or whatever. Those are things we see when we look at a larger scale at a society but not when we look at an individual. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, maybe that's the, the crux of all of this, right? Just the more people you add to a pot, um, just the, the worse that stew is going to get. So what's going to happen to the RPG world? Because it's getting bigger. What's going to happen to us? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't worry. I, at my level, I just don't worry about it. It doesn't affect me one iota. I... I have 50 fans and that's all I'm ever going to have. And I'm just doing what I do. Oh, um, don't say that. Okay. I have 51 fans. Okay, okay. Um, uh, I think people not, I think people doing things for disingenuous reasons, they're the ones that suffer the most when these trends and changes happen, right? If you're making third party product for D and D four or three or fifth, and you're just doing it because that's trendy 
and you don't love it, then yeah, you're going to be the first ones to go when these trends change, when it, when something else happens to gaming or gaming goes online or, you know, the spreadsheeting for D&D gets so massive that people don't want to play it anymore, et cetera, et cetera. I think those people suffer the most in these environments because they don't have a community around them. Or anywhere th- to go once their thing disappears. Right, right. But I I think if you're making games because you love games or you're making the right kind of games or you, you built your own community, if you're, say, Asmodee, right, Asmodee mm-hmm. doesn't care about what the rest of the gaming industry is doing anymore because they're the forerunners. And they have so many fans that no matter what they do, they've got people following them to true. the next thing. Very true. We're going we're gonna to make a game where you throw beanbags at somebody's face. Oh, okay, that's not really what I've been playing Asmodee games for, but I'll give it a try. Yeah, that does indeed happen. So anyway, shall we leave a listener, Gareth? Hi, back, Gareth, again. <laughs> thanks for thanks for listening to the Yeah, shall, shall we let him go back to his uh, daily life and finish writing his game? Um, well, I don't know. I took an hour out to do this instead of write my game, so I think he should suffer a little longer. Okay, so let, let's suffer. <laughs> let's suffer, let, let's make him suffer a little longer. I mean, we've only been at it for about forty minutes now. So we, we could still be here for a bit longer if we wanted to. Do, do we I, want to? I, it's probably clear by now, by the way, that we didn't prep today. No. That we really didn't, yeah. Well, hey, we it didn't was, think... It wasn't your idea to say, oh, why don't we just have a chat one day? We just, we just have a chat, the two of us. Yeah, okay. sure, sure. And, and here we are, we've had a chat. Yes, but I wanted a non-angry chat today. Oh, I really did. Well, and if I'd known we were going to be this septic, I would have just gone with something I would help more comfortable talking about. We weren't that step two, were we? Have we? I, I don't think we were awesome. Uh, we were no, no, no. Come on, stop that. We we were pretty awesome. That's not true. <laughs> Maybe you were. You have an inflated sense of self. I, I don't, don't have an inflated sense of self. I just have no one to tell me these things, so I have to say them <laughs> myself. I want to point out that almost all your Facebook posts start with. If any of you assholes disagree with what I'm saying, just shut the fuck up. That That's is almost bullshit. every single one of your Facebook <laughs> posts. <laughs> so you have an inflated sense of self. You know what you think and you don't want anybody messing with it. That's bollocks. I have absolutely no <laughs> problems whatsoever arguing with people to prove they're wrong. I have no problem whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> arguing with them to prove them wrong. Awesome. I love it. No, I have no problem whatsoever arguing with people. I don't have a particular inflated, a particularly inflated uh, self of um, sense of self. I, I, I am just very confident, and I know what yeah, I, I think, and I say it, and I don't hold back, which is what people find unnerving. Yeah, I, I think anybody that seems more confident than me, just I think I say that about right. I don't, you know me. I don't. I have opinions, but at the same time, I don't really think that much myself. So. Exactly, which is why you're wrong. You, you should think. Well, which is why I'm wrong. <laughs> See? It just comes naturally to this, me. This feels like shaming right now. <laughs> I'm not comfortable where this is going. Well, you shouldn't talk about yourself in front of me because you know that I will always say very nice things about you because you're my friend and I love you. And I, I will put all those things out. And I have absolutely no shame whatsoever saying to people, you know, world, uh, Gareth, uh, Jim is my friend and I have no problem being seen with him in a podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd be a little late for that. We've done 50 of these now. Yeah, there are <laughs> Yeah. I could still, be a, could still be a shame of you and just do it, you know. 
I'm just like, oh, I have friends like that. So let's talk about this because um, I think this circles back to what we we're talking about. I have friends who I have inherited through the years that I've inherited them because really nobody else can put up with them. And so um, I've been in gaming groups with some of these people where I know that they're the thorn in the group, but I refuse to be that guy that kicks them out and they have nowhere else to go. That's usually me in the group. <laughs> no, uh, that's not true. But that's that's not you that. though. I'm. What do you mean? That's not me. I'm not the one that's a thorn in a group. Usually, no. no. I'm usually the the guy that keeps it going. Exactly. I don't know how I became a peacemaker, to be honest, because I'm such a I'm such a caustic jerk when I want to be. But somehow I've become a peacemaker over the years between people that don't get along, and I, that's sort of the role that I had taken over the years as a game master when organizing the games and running the games and I ran for seven years straight without a break as soon as we would finish one game I would start something else and I didn't let anybody else DM because I just don't have the patience to watch somebody else do a poor job of it not that somebody else was going to but I didn't want to run the risk that somebody else is going to do a poor job of, of doing it so I became the organizer and sort of the the manager if you will of the, of the group and so when somebody new would join that I had yet acquired yet another of these pariahs from somebody else's group, um, I didn't feel comfortable kicking them out because I knew they had nowhere else to go. And I think that spins back to what we're talking about, about people getting along. Or making to get along, being made to get along. Well, I don't think you should force people get to get along. I think that no, I think you not getting – I think it – having opinions right and people not seeing eye to eye i just think that's part of the human condition but yeah um, but you can still get along but if you're not getting along within a group somebody's got to go you have to yeah get to yeah go. I, I but i i think we voted out a guy once i didn't vote i let the rest of the group vote they voted out a guy once and in hindsight years later and if he's listening my buddy mike um we're still great friends uh, mike should not have left it should have been jeff Jeff was the guy that wanted him out, and it turned out that Jeff was the troublemaker. He was this passive-aggressive little douchebag, and I've got no problem saying that now uh, after all these years. But he was, he was, he was poison, and nobody saw it because he put on a happy face when we weren't playing. So what, I went down another rabbit hole, didn't I? I think so. Um, I think you just wanted to get it out of your system. <laughs> There's a lot of things I need to get out of my system. Do you feel better now? No. No. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you should talk to that friend. I feel bad. I, I mean, I need to apologize to Mike probably more than anybody. I feel bad that we let that happen. And I, I feel bad that, you know, it, you can't always make the right decision. And I think if you, you know, if you expect yourself to always make the right decision in those situations, you're going to carry a lot of regret, which is what I'm, I do. I carry a lot of regret over those kind of things. Oh. Oh, please. And, I, and you said that in front of everyone. What? Did I carry regret? Yeah. Everybody carries regret, don't they? Some people do, maybe. I just don't like to admit to it. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Anyway, look, it's, uh, I think we've lived, down, we've lived up to our um, uh, initial promise that our podcast has been um, la longer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably... Not better. No, not better. No, just no, 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 but just, just longer and stronger. Because I'm going to make it louder. <laughs> there um, is a penis joke in there. I just cannot get around to it. 
No, I haven't. Get it? Did you see what I did there? No, you you, you just brought sex into this for no reason whatsoever. Oh, all right. Why did you do that? I did. You said bigger and stronger. What was I supposed to do? Well, I don't just take it as face value and not think of cock. <laughs> don't say face. Just exactly. You see, face and cock in the same <laughs> sentence is bad. That's we really we gotta delete all this yeah, now. We should just go to bed. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> Poor Gareth. Poor Gareth. He was listening to this in front of his kids, and now no, I don't think he's got kids. I'm not sure. But he's got a game. He's he's writing it. I know he is because he promised. Let's give him a shout out. Let's give a shout out to Gareth's game. Yeah, hi Gareth. Wait a second. Let's let's find out what his game is. I have it nearby. His game is is a post-apocalyptic thing. Uh, it's actually it it sounds pretty interesting. Uh, where are you, Gareth Graham? Hi, Gareth. If it's post-apocalyptic, I don't want to hear about it. I'm already doing one, and we can't talk about anybody else's post-apocalyptic game. Just oh, me. fine. In that case, I'll shut up. By, by Go to hell, Gareth. Go yeah, to hell. You yeah. and your game. Hell. Yes, and put psionic in your games. Okay, well then, that'll that'll be better than me. <laughs> See if he dares. Um, right, uh, listeners, if you're still there, thank you, thank you very, very much for listening to what's possibly being one of the least positive and more runty uh, <laughs> podcast episodes that we never wanted to make because we wanted to talk about happy things, and I think we've just yeah. shown that we're unable. <laughs> yeah, we are unable. <sighs> to say happy things but we love you listeners for being there very very I don't much. think we should be thanking anybody we should be apologizing we should be apologizing right now for that's this. true thank you for being there and we do apologize for keeping you there and uh, for whatever harm that we accept no liability for okay no liability don't prosecute us don't sue us we, we accept no liability for your mental health get over it I think the disclaimer needs to come at the beginning for it to be valid. You oh, can't do it. You okay. can't have a disclaimer after you punch somebody. Oh, I, I can edit it. <laughs> no, I will not edit it. I'm just exclaiming, sorry, listeners, that we hurt you. Uh, tough shit. We'll come back soon. We promise. I'm sure you won't. Uh, right, let me let me end on one positive note. Okay, let yeah. me try to squeeze something positive in here. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love gaming. I don't know anybody that loves gaming more than I do. I love getting together with people, telling stories, and running and playing rich games. And I wish that that were a more popular idea. That people just loved the game and didn't care about being right or winning. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with that because I I absolutely adore sitting down around the table. And I don't give a particular type of fuck who's right or wrong. I just want to play. We need a disclaimer about the language, too. That's true. I have been particularly rude this episode. I usually say a fuck here, there. But this time, I've I've said fucking shit quite a number of times. I'm I'm fucking sorry. (laughs) Jesus. I'm just checking off my list now. Yeah. Yeah, come on, uh, listeners, do a count, uh, a, a fuck count, and see how many times um, I've, I've said over the episode. And whoever says this can give me an accurate number, I will give them a prize somehow at some point. And anyway, let's let's make a move. Uh, seriously, thank you very much for being there. 
Uh, I know this is the kind of episode that you were expecting after a long hiatus. Uh, there will be more. We promise there will be a lot more. Meanwhile, you can always reach us at uh, Twitter, for example. I'm there uh, fairly often, not as often as I used to, but I'm there fairly often. I am at a GMS Magazine. Uh, you can get hold of me on Facebook as well because I'm very friendly and I say hello to everybody except uh, two plonkers recently who had to be told to F off. Um, one because he was a Trump supporter who tried to give me a little bit of grief and I said F off. And another one who wouldn't uh, take that I call him on some sexist bullshit. I, th I actually didn't call him, I called one of his friends and he took it personally. Um, sorry, bye. Uh, but apart from that, everybody else is welcome, absolutely welcome. Unless you're a plonker. Yeah, well, if you're plunker, you'll be welcome and then told to F off. <laughs> All right. And what about you? Are you going to say good goodbye? Uh, goodbye. Uh, this is Jim Pinto, postworldgames.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, if you see me on Facebook, I'm probably ranting about something. Um, me too. Yeah. I've got a new game system coming. Oh, yes. Um, so maybe we can talk about that next time. I don't know. We, we can, as soon as I've finished reading it, which actually is, is looking pretty good, but I'm not seriously enjoying it. Well, I, it's the, the PDF you have is uh, probably three weeks old now. So what I'm up to, I'm up to a 70-page version of it, and it's ready. It's done. There's, there's going to be four initial games for it. Sounds very good. Uh, and I, yeah. I, 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 I'm very glad that you enjoyed my cover design, by the way. Well, now I'm ordering art for covers, so... See, see. see? So you got something that you wanted. I don't think I'm going to change the it's interior It's not that I much. want it. It's that you needed it. I, we should talk about that next time. Okay. You, you can dissect my game line. Yes, how I, I know better than shut you. shut up let's, next let's, session. Yeah, let's talk about that. take it. Let's talk about how Paco knows better than Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As usual. Yep. How many published products do you have? I don't care how many published products. I'm, not I'm tell just you. talking under my breath now because uh, I don't want you to hear what I'm saying. Uh, I don't make me be mean to you because I. How, how many of those? How many of those have you sold? <laughs> Look, Plonker. How many of those have you sold? How many of my games have I sold? Yeah, three. Oh, you mean individual units? Mm. Yeah, let's not get into that. Exactly. That's let's just go. hurtful. This That's just hurtful. <laughs> I told you don't mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, we'll talk to you very soon. But until next time, be cohesive. Goodbye. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs>